America's original and oldest heritage pack company, Duluth Pack, hosts a podcast led by CEO Tom Sega. Real stories with real people who we admire, plus outdoor industry conversations, business discussions, entrepreneurial advice, and more. Now enjoy this week's episode of Leader of the Pack. In a world full of cell phones, social media, laptops, and Zoom calls, we could all use more time outdoors. Imagine vast landscapes, a hike in the woods, or maybe a bit of camp cooking with family and friends. The outdoors is calling, so look no further than selfrelianceoutfitters.com for the quality gear you need to begin your next adventure outdoors. Use code SRO15 to receive 15% off your next purchase at selfrelianceoutfitters.com. Outdoor gear for outdoor people. Some exclusions may apply. Hey, everybody, this is Tom Sega from Duluth Pack, and this is the Duluth Pack podcast, Leader of the Pack. And we certainly have a leader today that we're going to be interviewing. Our guest today is Donnie Pearson. Donnie is an entrepreneur extraordinaire, and he is the owner and uh, founded Boomerang Energy and is a partner with his brothers in Budget Blinds Company. Donnie, welcome. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's, it's great to have you. We're going to dive right in here because you have a great story to tell, and we're going to learn a whole bunch about you. But for our listeners, I actually don't know Donnie personally, but Donnie's father was the first supervisor that I ever had in my first job. In fact, the first day on my 16th birthday, your dad was my supervisor and trained me that day, Dale Pearson at Bridgman's Restaurant in Duluth, Minnesota. So pretty cool full circle here that I'm interviewing his son. So this is gonna be a blast. Yeah, it's it's uh, the, the Tom Seager name has been mentioned in our household for many years. So uh, I've, I've heard some stories, they've been great. Oh boy, we had some fun. And you know what? One thing your father taught me early on, and your dad's only two years older than me, but he taught me was accountability. We had some great conversations back then as a couple of young fellas working in a restaurant and, and uh, you know, going to college as we worked our way through then um, and, and accountability. And, and I'm sure that really hits a vein with you growing up in, in, in his household. So let's, let's dive right in and we'll, we'll get full circle to all these questions, Donnie. Tell us all about and all of our listeners, where are you from? Where did you go to school? And then what did you major in in college to become this entrepreneur you are? Yeah, so, so you mentioned my dad, and that's kind of where my story begins, right? Um, after he graduated, he's, he's a Duluthian. He went to Minnesota Duluth for his undergraduate and then the main U down in the cities for his master's. And he actually uh, had a degree in engineering. So his first project was the paper mill here in Duluth. And after that, we kind of set off our family on the road and we moved a lot for many years. Um, so I was actually born down in Grenada, Mississippi, uh, while my dad worked on a job there. And from there, we moved to Maine, to Alabama, to Ohio, to Atlanta, to South Carolina, and eventually made it back here to Minnesota. Um, and so I grew up here for the most part in Minnesota after spending kind of my early years in the Southeast and ended up going to uh college here as well at uh, St. Scholastica. And I actually went to school for computer information systems uh, because uh, 
kind of going back to my dad, my dad was an entrepreneur himself and moved back here to Duluth to start a company that was in the healthcare information technology space. And as, you know, kind of computers were becoming a more and more prevalent thing in just the work environment in general, my dad encouraged myself and my brothers to, hey, go get your, you know, your undergrad in computer related field. And if you want to specialize afterwards, you can do that with an advanced degree. So we, uh, myself and my older brother, who's only 18 months older than me, um, actually went to, to Scholastica. We did a lot of post-secondary classes in, in high school. So I kind of caught up to him and um, I graduated from Scholastica when I was only 19 uh, because I had done so many college credits while I was in high school. Um, so coming out of school, um, you know, it's still pretty young. I, I kind of looked around for a while at that age. You kind of, you know, you're trying to find, I think, something adventurous in my mind, right, was what I was after. I, at one point, I was a candidate for the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. I was thinking I'm going to go military. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, then I looked into the FBI. I mean, just trying to find something, you know, that, that you think is going to fulfill you a bit. Um, and actually, what I, what I ended up doing instead was, was I, I found my wife and I got married. Um, and at that point, a lot, you know, your, your worldview changes a bit. So out of school, though, I went and I started working for my dad's company, um, that he had here in Duluth and, and kind of, you know, trying to find my way and, and what I wanted to do in business. At this point, I decided, okay, I'm the, the adventurous stuff, you know, military, FBI, that kind of stuff. You know, that's, that's kind of out the window at this point. I've got, you know, a future I'm trying to build here with my wife in Duluth. Um, I spent time in like kind of tech support for our company. I spent time in contracting, marketing and sales. I kind of, you know, popped around a bit. Um, Got, got a, a variety of experiences, I would say, you know, in just general business function and, and watched a company grow, uh, which was a tremendous experience, even from a young age, I would say, you know, I, I remember the lean years of, you know, having a dad who's an entrepreneur and you got to pay your employees first and you're still trying to get a company to profitability. And there's times where, you know, dad's not getting paid for quite a while and, you know, you're trying to get by and I have three brothers. So, you know, my parents have four kids that they're trying to to bring up and take care of. And so you see, uh, um, you know, a lot of people see kind of the Elon Musk's of the world perhaps and think, oh, that's entrepreneur, right? I mean, it, you, you get there, you got it made and um, the, the path is hard. And, and I got to see that from a young age. And, and yet I think it's still, my dad always encouraged us to make your own pie. Uh, you know, don't, don't ask for a piece of someone else's pie, make your own pie. And so, you know, working with him in his company what gave, gave us a lot of visibility into, you know, what does it take and what kind of individual individuals does it take actually to build a company? Um, Cause my dad, you know, one of the things that some of the stuff I've ever, people have probably heard from all different sorts of people in their lives, but a lot of my stuff comes right from my dad. And he said, you know, you try to hire people that are better than you, you know, that's how you build a team. So you you're looking to, you know, this person does marketing better. This person does sales better. This person's relationally better. This, you know, I mean, all types of things. You're just trying to build the right team around you. So we got to, you know, witness that all. And especially once, once I started working with him, witness it firsthand. Um, and, it, and it really started to give me an idea of, you know, what, what does it take? Now, I, I didn't come out and start, you know, just start businesses right out of school. I mean, we used to like walk people's dogs and, you know, babysit and stuff when we were kids, but that's, that's just where you're trying to try to, you know, make money so you can go to the movies or whatever. Exactly. Um, but it was, uh, it wasn't until I had, uh, specifically on the boomerang front, I had, a, a one of my coworkers, his son 
was a power lifter and really liked mixing his own, his own supplements. Um, and he wanted to start producing some of his own products. And so he kind of was, you know, deep in the biochemistry side of things and, and, and how do these ingredients work together and that. And I said, well, you know, hey, I, I'm really used to the side of, you know, I, I can source, I can find manufacturing facilities. I can put kind of, you know, a bid together to go out and try to find the right locations to make it. I can help you, you know, kind of put the, put the business ends together help you get, you know, kind of a marketing plan in place, build the brand, you know, establish kind of those types of details that I'd had familiarity with at this point. Um, so we did that. And that's kind of how I got into this, this uh, initially the supplement space. Um, and as we were working in that space, um, I got the I, I idea, my, my wife and I were starting to have kids. Um, and I had people telling me, you know, oh, man, uh, you better get the coffee ready. You know, you're not going to sleep much when that baby comes. <laughs> and, and all I could think was like, I don't drink coffee. You know, like I, I, I just, I've never been able to get, you know, the taste and, and I just, I'm not a coffee drinker. And I was like, oh, but I, I've have this background now in kind of this biochemistry and what's good for you, what's bad for you. And, um, I thought we find out our first is going to be a little girl and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I don't like any of these energy products on the market and I don't like those brands. I mean, I can't, when my little girl starts to grow up, I don't want her seeing me, you know, drinking some of these brands that, you know, kind of objectify women, I would say a lot in a lot of their marketing, right? So we're mm -hmm. like, oh, man, this just doesn't, this, this just doesn't work. So I, I told uh, my business partner, partner at the time, I said, hey, I think there's a there, I think there's room to just create a really simple energy product, people overdo it, people overdo it, they put too much stuff in it, you know, they market it too extreme. Uh, I think I think we could kind of go, you know, energy drinks seem to be going more and more extreme, I think we could backtrack and go the other way with it. People don't need, you know, more and more extreme. They just need kind of healthier lifestyles and, and something that they could feel good about consuming, you know, when you maybe do lose a few hours of sleep at night or something, and you're not going to be worried about the effects of it um, or, or the brand that you're supporting. So that's, that's how Boomerang came around. Initially, the name was just a placeholder and a strat plan that I put together. So, so how did you come up with the name Boomerang? Because I did a little bit of, of research on it, and and it seems like it more happened than a, a completely thought out plan on the name. Yeah, it, I mean, it really was. It was uh, at one point I was putting together a, a strat plan, and I was trying to put together, you know, a product development plan to say, hey, what's the future look like? You know, what are we building towards? And and I was just putting down some different variations of products we could do, and I thought, oh, a simple energy product. And honestly, it was just kind of a inspiration of the moment type thing because, you know, boomerangs, some of them, if you throw them right, they go out and they come back. And so it, it was, uh, it, like I said, initially just a placeholder in a, in a slide deck that became, you know, when, then when, when uh, we were like, wow, we should really maybe, you know, branch off with this concept and start a new business just based on this, this energy brand. And we looked it up and boomerangenergy.com was available and said, oh, wow, that, you know, I would have thought someone would have named. It seems to fit really good with this, this concept, this type of product. Um, but no one, no one had. So, yeah, it was just it was it was pretty random, but it's it's worked and it ties together really well with a lot of our messaging now. You know, it's interesting because I can really relate to that because I did not drink coffee till my children were born. And there were no such things as energy drinks way right. back then, right? right? And so guess what? I forced myself to like coffee and now I yep. can't get up in the morning without it, right? Yep. But but it was it was children. And I don't think you and I are abnormal in that. No, so, no, no, no. 
And so we're talking 2016 when all of this is starting to to amalgamate, you know, to, to to come together. Yeah. Yep. So so it was 2016 when we actually said uh, I actually you know broke off from the supplement uh, product line that we had done and, and and incorporated Boomerang Energy Inc. and said, okay, I'm going to take this and we're going to focus on this and just this energy drink. Um, and we actually did it initially, though, as a, a powder, as a supplement of ready to drink or ready to mix powder, not ready to drink yet. Um, and we were solely on Amazon. And initially, we were trying to actually sell into the gaming market primarily. So we had uh, and, and, and kind of the thought behind that was, wow, you know, people we had we had gone and done some some market studies and stuff to see, wow, you know, look at all these people who are considering themselves gamers. You know, and so, so we thought, hey, this is a great way just to reach a big, a big audience with some messaging. These people are online, you know, as far as trying to get just digital um, advertising out there and such. And what we actually found, though, is a lot of that demographic didn't really care about, you know, the quality or, or the, the um, you know, the health aspect of what they were drinking. It was more, you know, does it taste good? And what we were selling was something that honestly was more towards the lines of a, of a lighter taste, you know, than, than kind of the punch you in the face type drink that a lot of these energy drinks are that, that flavor just, you know, you can smell it when you crack that can and it just about knocks you out. Um, so what we found was we actually caught on a lot more with, with young professionals, you know, you had the nurses, the EMTs, the, you know, quote unquote, desk jockeys, you know, people like that who are like, Hey, I, I care about what I'm consuming. Um, and I care about that brand. I grew up with energy drinks. I don't have that negative connotation, you know, that for example, previous generations might've had, um, and I'm more discerning. So we're like, okay, this is, this is where we're at. You know, this is the angle that we need to, to push even further. And I would say that yeah, that's kind of some advice I would give to, you know, anyone who's looking to start something just because you have an idea off the bat and you think, you know, who's going to buy it. Sometimes that changes. And, and you got to be ready. I mean, you got to be agile and nimble when you start out to say, hey, I think I know who this is going to appeal to. But if it catches on somewhere else, you got to be ready to you know, step on the gas and take it that direction. You are so right there. And that that whole sentence, that whole paragraph that you just stated is is so entrepreneurial that it's crazy because things shift in different directions for entrepreneurs every day and they have to be ready to shift with it. And instead of fighting it, getting on board and saying, how can we capitalize upon this? Right. And I, I know one of the things that, that you did, and if you could explain is, is part of your angle was, we're not just gonna add more high fructose sugar and more of the bad stuff. We wanna take an angle and say, okay, we have some professionals here. We have people in the healthcare industry, things like that, that maybe need a boost because they work night shifts or they work long shifts or what have you. But we wanna to try to find something that's actually, forget not bad for you, actually good for you. Right, yeah, yeah, we, we came at it from the approach of uh, kind of a less is more approach. Um, and that's from some of our background in the supplement space where it was kind of a lot of, uh, you know, where's the next big ingredient coming from? What's the next big thing, right? What's the next big thing for pump? What's the next, next big thing to build back that muscle mass? And a lot of it honestly is <laughs> they use recycled pharmaceuticals, right? So I mean, things that these companies created and didn't get FDA approval. And so they, you know, kind of chuck it into the supplement space and then they test it out in these, 
in these, uh, you know, mixes that they give to different people. And it, it honestly is kind of the wild west. Um, and so what we actually made the determination to do at one point was to say, all right, we're going to go to the, we're going to make this a canned beverage. And we're going to do that so we can really align on these health goals that we have for this, for this product and the brand. Um, because going to a, a ready to drink, a canned product allowed us to, to shed even more of the unnecessary ingredients that you have to have in a lot of these powders just to keep them powder. Um, you know, when you're talking a, a powder product and, and we, we'd get people who would say, oh, well, you know, my powder's clumping and stuff. The, the more natural your product is, the more likely it is to clump these, you know, the way that they keep these supplements, you know, really uh, granular and stuff is actually with, by adding a bunch of stuff to them. So we're like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to really go hard at this, this health angle. Cause it's a pro, you know, what it's the road we started on. And we, we only started with the supplement because that's what we knew. Um, and, we, and our goal was to get to this canned product. And we actually leveraged, you know, just talking to a lot of the local microbreweries in the Duluth area and stuff like that to say, Hey, who are you, how are you manufacturing? Who are you manufacturing with? You know, who's the right partner? I mean, we actually did build a network of people who could help us, you know, convert our product and do it the right way. And, and now, uh, you know, get to the point where we're doing it with, with FDA, you know, inspected uh, facilities and approved ingredients and stuff and really getting to this, you know, this ultimate echelon of health that we were after. And like I said, that it was that kind of less is more. We wanted less ingredients in a product. And we wanted to use, you know, less of certain ingredients and then certain forms of certain ingredients so that we were actually using ingredients that were native to the body. So uh, it's kind of our, the elevator pitch with our, with our, our energy blend is we have six ingredients. Three of them are herbal ingredients, ginseng, green tea, and the caffeine is actually coming from, from coffee beans. So three herbal ingredients that have been used for literally millennia, you know, by humankind. And then you've got three in ingredients that are aminos, the, the um, taurine, the tyrosine, the carnitine that are actually produced. Your body can produce all three of those with the right diet. So all we're doing is we're giving you three herbals that have been used for thousands of years and then three natu natural native aminos that your body can produce that we're just giving in a certain dosage to you at a certain time. And that's it. I mean, that, that's all we're doing, you know, to give you that, that little boost you need. So you're not going to drink it and go lift a car. You know, I mean, it's not one of those where you're, you know, it's in the cartoons, right. Where your heart's like pumping out of your shirt. So it's, it, we did it to say, Hey, it's not that complicated to give people just that kind of, you know, kick in the pants they need to get through their two o'clock. Right. Um, and we can do it in a way that at, when you drink this, I mean, the, the, the gut rot with the typical energy drink is horrible. I mean, if you chug some, you know, a 16 ounce of, I can't name brands, but you know, you're, you're going to, you're not going to feel good about it after that high comes off. And so what we said is we, one of the main things is we want you to you know, feel good while you're drinking it and feel good after you drink. And uh, we were actually really kind of hit the nail on the head. And a lot of that comes down to how we sweeten the product. And this is kind of, once we get past the energy phase, this is how we, you know, tell uh, when we get to the details, how we sell people kind of on the next stage of the product, but we use four different natural sweeteners. And one of them is non-GMO cane sugar. And the reason for that is we wanted to put some of that in the, the, the palate of, of people these days is really attuned to, to table sugar, to cane sugar. And we're like, if no one, if it tastes bad, no one's going to drink it anyways. But there's also, you know, the simple form of sugar in there, glucose, which the body does break down and use for energy really quick. So we said, all right, we're going to put these seven grams of this non-GMO cane sugar in there to get, help you get the, you know, a good taste, but also to give that, that initial little push with the glucose. 
but we're not doing too much of the fructose, which is the other part of sugar. And you mentioned, you know, no high fructose corn syrup. We didn't take any shortcuts like that. Um, and then we're using uh, a resveratol, which is a sugar alcohol, monk fruit extract. What is that? So, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit newer. It's, so it's not a sugar alcohol. It's actually, uh, it uh, is plant-based. Um, and, we, and we're using stevia as well. So the reason we're doing four is that any, any one sweetener has negative side effects in high quantities, right? I mean, any, too much sugar and you have too many calories, right? Too many calories and your body can't break them down fast enough and you're storing it, right? So you're adding to your fat content. And then, then you start talking about, you know, with like a resveratol with a sugar alcohol, um, you're, you're causing your too much gut discomfort if you add too much of that. So sugar, and that's one of the risks of, of any sugar alcohol using too much of it. I mean, they're, they're high, you know, really low calorie, but they can also cause a lot of gut discomfort in high quantities. So we don't want to do too much of that. And it's the same with stevia. Stevia in too high quantities can cause a lot of gut discomfort. So we wanted to, we actually did a, a, a balanced blend of these sweeteners. And we've had people even in the industry come back to us and say, why are you, why do you use four sweeteners? Because most of the time, a lot of these products are coming from, you know, a big beverage corp and they've got some marketing team on it. And they just say, Hey, this is the hot, this is the hot sweetener right now. That's what we're going to sweeten it with. And they just do as much as they got to do to pass, you know, taste tests. Uh, whereas we came into it and said, Hey, there's, there's more science to it than that. You know, there, there's a balance to, you know, what actually feels good in your body, what tastes good. And, and we wanted to make sure we were, you know, taking a calculated approach to that. And that's what we did with this product. So not only can we get a good taste out of it, but we also make sure that afterwards, you know, you're not feeling like you, uh, like you need to go, you know, to the bathroom for a while. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it, it's interesting as I listen to this and as you're talking about this, Donnie, is, is we've all had that gut rot after having, you know, whatever, whether it's an energy drink or too much soda and all that, right. it just sits there in the bottom of your gut. So you, right. you found a better way to skin the cat, uh, achieving your, the goals you wanted, but how can we do this differently? How can we do it in a better way for our consumer? And it's interesting because the next thing I was going to mention is, you know, your tagline is called real good energy. Right. And right. all the things you said kind of lead into saying real good energy. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the, um, you know, we try to define what we're doing, you know, product wise is, you know, we're using real ingredients. Uh, we're using good ingredients. And obviously the end game is energy. So yeah, we've, we've, uh, it's kind of how we define the products. And then obviously we have, you know, more interesting taglines, like get your energy back and things that vibe with the boomerang part. But yeah, that real good energy um, language, we really did to say, hey, you can look at our products, you can read that and you can, you know, right away, get the feel of what's in this product. You know, Donnie, as a entrepreneur, so it's 2016, you're getting all this going, you go from the powders, you, you start looking at working with bottlers to can boomerang energy drinks. And as entrepreneurs, we're up against obstacles every day. You grew up with that, seeing that you mentioned earlier that, hey, you know, the entrepreneur is the last one to get a paycheck. Everyone else gets taken yeah. care of first. And, and you know, you got to pay the government and you got to pay the lights and the, the rent and all your bills and all that stuff. And you're a small bootstrapped company starting because that's really where most entrepreneurs start is they're all bootstrapped and it's all hands on deck, roll your sleeves up and do every job. And then you guys get up and get rolling 
and you have a marketing plan that, you know, we're going to get into a bunch of events and we're going to do this and it's a way to get in front of people and all that. And you guys are throwing, thrown, just like most businesses, but on a small startup, kind of a, uh, a wild pitch called COVID from, from nowhere that obviously changes everything about your marketing plan. Yeah, it was, uh, and it actually hit it, I would say, I mean, you could call it the worst of time, but again, things happen and you, you just, you have to adapt, right? There's no, no use complaining about it because our, our, our RTD, our ready to drink, our canned product actually came to market in March of 2020, you know? So we were, you know, we, we had been working on the R and D for months, you know, getting the, the production cycles, you know, lining up and, and connecting all the dots on that. We get our product, we're ready to go. And then everything starts to shut down. And it was, uh, like you mentioned, you from an event perspective, right? I mean, we were looking forward to kind of getting boots on the ground and getting out there and sampling it and talking to people about it. And all that stuff was just cut off, you know, and, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, uh, well, do we push harder online now? You know, do we, do we go and, and start to do more digital, you know, and, and, and honestly we did what we could. And it was, uh, fortunately, if you've got, I think if you've got a product that you know is good and you believe in it, and uh, I think that's a big part of it, you know, if you can do it and people can talk to you and they realize, wow, that's, I mean, the, the, that genuine, that authenticity will come across. And so we were able to get, you know, uh, placement in a few locations and start selling it and start getting people aware of it. Not nearly as much as we had planned. And I would say even now COVID impacts us. I mean, we have uh we have, you know, brokers working with different uh, larger retailers around the country. And some of those retailers have just frozen entire categories of their, of their stores, you know, and, and we just ran into one where they said, uh, we're freezing beverage, you know, and, and a lot of it's coming down to supply chain and, you know, whether or not they even have the staff to be doing the, the line reviews and, you know, planning the, the rollouts and stuff that they usually do. Uh, so we, we still see it today. Um, you know, which, you know, two years later, you'd be like, okay, you know, really? But yeah, <laughs> sometimes in some cases, even more so than back in 2020. Are, are you seeing supply chain issues from the standpoint of your bottlers saying, hey, we're having trouble getting aluminum. We're having trouble getting plastic for the, 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 the wrapping of the, the cases of product, or we're having problems getting, you know, any of the supplies that are needed, the ingredients for you. Yeah. Aluminum has been the big one. Um, and, and I know anyone who's kind of, you know, tapping commodities markets worldwide would be aware of, you know, what, what's going on with aluminum. Um, now, the, a lot of those canning companies, the big canning companies like Ball and Arda and stuff like that, you know, the ones who are producing for essentially everyone out there, um, they've started to bring new facilities online and they actually started doing that a while ago, you know, 18 months or so ago. So you're, you're, you're hoping things kind of catch up at some point, but it takes a while to bring those online. So yeah, we, we, I would say it's even aluminum stuff that's impacting us. Now we actually have our second flavor that, uh, we were, you know, trying to launch earlier this year and now it'll instead come out, um, in a couple months here. And most of that delay is based purely around aluminum, uh, ingredient wise, we haven't seen too much because again, our, our goal with the product was to go really simple and natural. So there's not a whole lot that we wait on. And, and usually it's pretty abundant because we're not doing anything that's, you know, too pro, you know, like, well, processed at all, or, you know, too hard to get or anything like that. It's pretty common stuff. 
So for, we've been fortunate on that front. Um, but yes, aluminum definitely is kind of the hot, the hot topic in, in our space right now. So Donnie and, and folks, we're talking to Donnie Pearson, uh, founder of Boomerang Energy Company. And we're talking about some curveballs right now that, that have been thrown through COVID in a startup business and, and having to really be meldable to, to major changes. And one of the questions I would have is, so you've changed on your marketing on how you had to brand and market the company. And now it looks like we're, we're going to start opening up this summer uh, more and there's going to be more outdoor events. And I know that was some of your original marketing. Are you going to go back towards some of that? Or is it like, hey, we're really successful doing what we're doing now. And, and so we don't have to go back to what some of our original marketing plans were. You know, I, I think it's I think it's somewhat a hybrid um, because what what we've been able to do even during COVID is actually identify some partners that we didn't really expect to bring on. Um, and they've opened us up to kind of new new audiences and demographics that um, we can actually, you know, appeal to with events like that. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, whether it's, a, you know, obstacle races that people like to do. I know there's a variety of them out there, um, you know, and, and get involved in events like that or, you know, 5Ks or, or, or uh, mountain bike biking and, you know, lots of different outdoor things that we could do um, that now we've been opened up to even more by some new partners. Um, so I would say, yeah, it's kind of a hybrid, I think. Um, and, and, and again, it goes back to what we were talking about as an entrepreneur and you kind of, you know, as you kind of, some things you just take as they come, right. And you take advantage of them as they come. Um, and I think that's what it is for us too. So we have plans to do more. There's more activities opening up, um, you know, more, I mean, even, uh, next month we have our first trade show and it's going to be the first in-person trade show, you know, in, I mean, over a year at this point. Uh, so that alone is is a big deal for us as a company, you know, just to get back out in that realm again. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's 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 going to be good for us overall. But I definitely think COVID has had an impact on you know if if COVID hadn't happened, we'd probably be in a totally different space right now. You know, whether for good or bad, it would be different. Uh, sure. But obviously, you know, hindsight doesn't really matter at this point. We are where we are. And we're, we've been really pleased actually getting to where we are. And I think we have a lot of opportunity in front of us, uh, COVID or no COVID. And we'll, we'll kind of take advantage of those as they come. What a great attitude you have and, and, uh, and that spirit of, hey, whatever comes in front of us, we're going to overcome it and, and do what we have to and, and be able to be meldable enough that we can, we can uh, turn, take a left turn or a right turn where, where we need to if, if we're throwing a curveball. You also make it a point of giving back from Boomerang Energy. And can you tell us a little bit about the, the uh, the philanthropy that Boomerang Energy started right from the get-go and why that's so important. Yeah, so I mean, right off the bat, when we first, very the fir very first day we started um, with back with our powder selling on, on Amazon, before we had made a dollar, uh, we were making commitments to, you know, giving back a certain portion of our sales to different um, charities and organizations. And, it, and a lot of it came from you know, just when we were working on the brand itself and what is Boomerang Energy and what is it going to be? Again, there was kind of that 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 perception of, you know, there are a lot of energy drinks on the market and a lot of them are kind of extreme and edgy. Uh, and and it, it gives a per, certain persona even to the category. And so we said, you know, we want to we want to change that. You know, we want to be an example that 
of, of an energy drink that can actually, you know, be good for you, but the brand itself can be considered wholesome and good. Um, and so we wanted to, you know, right from the get-go, have be a brand that that did more than um, than make money, but actually had a positive impact, you know, beyond our products and in people's lives. So yeah, we we early on we partnered with some different charities that were actually doing things um, in hospitals, you know, to to help kids who with immune systems that you know couldn't interact with people, you know, have access to gaming equipment stuff like that. Um, and then once we kind of you know shifted to to start serving other demographics outside of gaming, we started to do more you know, with donations to different, uh, you know, outdoor foundations or charities. Um, and, and actually we, we've, uh, have two scholarships right now too, at, at two of the universities in Duluth, um, at UMD and at Scholastica. Uh, and, and we, and we have those, they're actually entrepreneur focused, you know, so if there is a student in, um, college there and they want to, you know, after school, they have an entrepreneurial goal that they're trying to do. Uh, that's actually the scholarships have have more of a focus on kids with that kind of you know goal coming out of school, which there, there's not a whole lot centered around that you know. So it was kind right. of a it was something that you know kind of having gone through the entrepreneurial stuff and 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 realizing it is a hard road and um, it's not for everyone. We thought, hey, this would be a great way to kind of try to give back and help anyone else who's trying to come down this path. So we that was relatively recently that we did that. I want to say it was just last year. Um, but again, the goal comes back to being a brand that's trying to be a, a positive brand overall and actually, you know, going beyond our products. You know, that's really interesting because you talk about, uh, entrepreneurship and having the energy to, to, to do the things so many other people won't do and to work nights and work weekends and do all the things that, that entrepreneurs sacrifice. And, and, and you know it firsthand from growing up in it, but you know it firsthand because you live it every day right now uh, about the sacrifices you give and, and the passion you have to have and the energy. And I just find it very ironic because you own boomerang energy as an entrepreneur. It just, it goes hand in hand and, and, uh, and maybe it's a sweet thing. And, and all of us should have had that. Maybe I would have made a lot, <laughs> a, a lot less mistakes in my life. And now let's segue into another, another business talking about entrepreneurship, Donnie and two of his brothers, Bobby and Michael decide, Hey, Donnie's like, you know what? This entrepreneurship isn't that tough. I might as well just like go into another business here. And you guys buy budget blinds. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, to kind of get the roadmap all the way there, we started Boomerang while I was still working with the company that my dad had started. So it was, you know, just, you know, I'm getting still getting a paycheck, but I'm working this on the side. Um, and you know, you're, you're, like you mentioned, we're bootstrapping it. Right. So we're not making any money on it. It's just when you get home at night and after the kids go to bed and stuff, I mean, that's what you're working on. You're trying to keep those things, you know, pushing them along. Um, now my dad's company actually ended up going through two different acquisitions. So by that point, um, Michael had, had left the company and actually gone over to Hong Kong to get his MBA. Um, and my older brother, Bobby and I were still working with what was now Stryker, you know, so a fortune 500 med tech company. Um, and we were both kind of looking for uh, the next thing because uh, we both had uh, kids, young families. And with our roles at that company, the travel schedule was going to get a lot more intense. And thankfully, when my dad was still around, 
Um, my role, especially after I got married and started having kids, they were able to kind of control my travel schedule a bit more and, you know, tamper it down. But now it was going to ramp up again, you know, to the point where you're like, you're gone, you know, 25% of the time, which when you have young kids and stuff, it's not ideal. Um, so we had uh, people that we knew who were selling the, the local budget blinds franchise. And we said, oh, um, initially, they just came looking for some advice on, you know, how to how to sell the business. But we said, oh, why don't you tell us about the business? Um, and it was, you know, in the local community, it kept us in the area. And uh, my dad had always told us business is people in process, you know, so just because you were in the med tech space doesn't mean you can't go and, you know, be a, a window covering supplier. Um, so we, <laughs> we actually made that transition over so that we could, you know, be in our local community more, be around our families more. Um, and also, you know, to keep, to keep kind of income coming in so that we could sustain ourselves while we continued to build boomerang. So it was, you know, it's, it's just kind of a, um, you know, you somewhat burn, burn the candle on both ends, but having a father who did the same thing was really good for us because especially my older brother and I with young families, you know, my dad said, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make your businesses work. You know, that's, that's how you're, how you're supporting your family. But the biggest thing is when you're with your family, be present, um, you know, so, so even if it's, you know, if you're, if you work a long day and you get home and, and it's dinner time and you're dinner with your family, and then you're going to play with the kids and you put them to bed, be present at that time, you know, be, and be focused on them and be there for them. Um, so that we had great advice from the start on kind of how do you balance these and, you know, cause you're, you're running one business, you're, you're bootstrapping and trying to run another business. And honestly, I mean, it does, it, it's not easy, right? I mean, I, I know there were periods I had massive weight loss just from stress and I had no appetite and I actually had to go see a doctor about it. And, you know, just, it gets to you sometimes. Um, so it's definitely not an easy path, but I would say, you know, man, it helped having, having a dad who had gone through it all to give us that kind of insight and input and even encouragement. So, you know, it, I honestly, I can't imagine what it would have been like without someone like that. So for the ones out there who did it without a dad along the way to, you know, give them that man, kudos to you. You know, Donnie, it's, it's interesting because you, you talk about all those things and, and bootstrapping it and doing all that and going through, you know, uh, some health challenges because you're, you're so stressed out and, and all those things. Yeah, I think the average person out there kind of thinks that entrepreneurs just get fat, <laughs> fat dumb and happy, you know, like right? we're, we're, we're sewing extra pockets on our pants just to put all the money in it's a, right? and it's, and then you go have a conversation like you and I, as two entrepreneurs are having, you're going, well, I guess if, if that's the way it is, I'm not a very good entrepreneur because that's right. not the, that's not the story I have. Right. So you're yeah. in the, 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 the home blind business, the home uh, uh, window covering business with budget blinds. And I know we're probably sick of talking about COVID, but there's a huge impact with that happened. Everyone was talking about lumber prices and people were building homes and then saying, no, we need to put it on pause or people right. were, were, were going to uh, uh, remodel their home and they put it on pause and all that. How were you impacted from that, I guess, negatively and or positively? Yeah, it was it was interesting for us. Um, and, and so Budget Blinds is a franchise, right? So we own a territory. Right? We actually have three territories up here. Um, and it's interesting because you kind of get to see, you know, through other people, you know, running other franchises, how those areas are going. 
you know, how is COVID, COVID impacting them? And it's different. Obviously, anyone paying attention knows everything's handled very differently depending on where you live in the country, right? So in, in our area, initially, and especially with our kind of, you know, experience in the, in the healthcare space and our connections there, initially, there was a lot of kind of unknown, right? We just don't know. So let's err on the side of caution. Um, there was a time where we actually, especially in our area, I mean, we tried to be very just customer focused, right? What, what, what makes our customers most comfortable? What can we do to make sure they're confident in what we're doing, you know, to, so that we can take care of them. Um, and we had a lot of people who, you know, were canceling initially, you know, just saying, Hey, cause we do in-home consultations. That's our big thing. You know, there's no cost to it. We come in, bring product. We look at the windows with you. We talk through the uses, um, you know, and kind of help you find something that fits, um, you know, your, whatever price range you're looking at and whatever function you need out of them. So it was uh, a bit of adjusting, you know, we started to do some virtual consultations. That's not always, it doesn't always work great. You know, I mean, you can try it, but for certain people, especially for some, it works for some, it doesn't. Um, so we try to be really conscious of that and really stay, stay customer focused. So we do whatever the customer, you know, whatever made them most comfortable, um, you know, using PPE properly, stuff like that. Uh, making sure we were sanitizing, you know, just trying to do whatever we could to make the customer feel comfortable at the time. Um, and initially it was uh, 20, 2020 was slower year for us, actually, because we ended up, uh, we did have team members catch COVID early on. And, you know, so we then were quarantining and um, making sure that we're, you know, everyone's healthy before, you know, anyone's going out on a job or anything like that. Um, so we, we did lose quite a bit of time. And even we took some time off at one point just to try to figure out what's going on. Um, and we would still do some commercial work during that time because, you know, if, if people are putting up, uh, you know, office buildings, apartment buildings, stuff like that, and there's really no one there, it's pretty easy to go in by yourself and do what you need to do to measure and, you know, for quoting purposes and stuff like that. So we functioned as well as we could. Uh, but 2020 was a below average year for us. But then last year was actually our biggest year ever. So it it's odd, honestly. And, and it's kind of, I think it's somewhat unpredictable. I mean, like you, you mentioned lumber prices and stuff, and obviously we know that was crazy for a while, but there were a ton of people still building, you know I mean? So there's, there's a, uh, we, we honestly, we tried to take it day by day, day by day, make sure we're doing right by the customer. Uh, you know, our, our big thing is communication. We try to communicate really well with people. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, supply chain delays and stuff with, with products like ours too. And our big thing was we told people, hey, there are just some unknowns right now, but we'll be available and we'll give you updates along the way. And if you have concerns, let us know. And our, our big kind of value add that we tell people is we always bring it to resolution. You know, I mean, there's been times where uh, products broken in transit or, you know, something hasn't turned out right, but we always work through it with the customer to make sure they're happy at the end. So that was our big thing was, hey, let's stay customer focused. Let's make sure we're doing what we can to keep them comfortable and, and take it day by day. And honestly, that mentality got us through a little slower year in 2020 to have our biggest year ever last year. Congratulations. That's really awesome. And, and folks, I can tell you, um, I have seen some of the product and some of the work that the Pearson brothers do at Budget Blinds, and it's utterly amazing. And the technology, I mean, we don't really think about technology <laughs> when you're when you're thinking about window coverings, but I'm telling you the technology that you don't have to even be there. The blinds go up and down automatically at the time you set them to do, or you have your remote and you sit in your chair and, and you hit it and the blinds open or the blinds close. Uh, literally amazing. And they look awesome. 
It's come a long way. It really has the technology portion for sure. Holy catfish. I remember when air conditioning was open the window, <laughs> you know, and now and now we have automated blinds. It's really cool. And so, uh, again, if, if you're in the area up here in Minnesota and you're uh, listening to this and you want to see and, and talk to some fellas that are very customer centric and you're looking at window coverings for your house, you need to start with Budget Blinds and, and the Pearson Brothers. Uh, they do some absolutely amazing work. And we're going to come back around to, to uh, Boomerang Energy in a minute here, Donnie. But let's talk about just entrepreneurship. I know we've talked about your father and, and some of those things instilled in you. But now you as a young professional are a serial entrepreneur. You've learned so many lessons. What advice could you give to young students today? Maybe some of these kids who are getting these scholarships or whatever you, you, you yeah. know, that you're giving back to the colleges now that you would say, this is some advice that you need to hear and you need to hear it from an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, I think, I think people hear this a lot, but you, you do need to get used to hearing no, you know, and, and you kind of have to have my, my dad has used the term grit. I guess I prefer a, a you know, more elegant term perseverance. Um, it takes, that's what it takes. It takes, you gotta be durable. You're gonna, you're gonna get told no a ton. You're gonna get told, you know, your idea is dumb. You're gonna get told it's never gonna work. I mean, and you'll have everyone in the world. I mean, you'll have, you know, family members telling you stuff like that, right? And, and so it, it does take, it takes some some determination and some conviction on your part. I think that you actually have something that you believe in um, and, that, and that you actually, you know, I, I think that authenticity really does come through. And if you're just coming out with something and, and, and you don't truly believe in the product or, you know, what it brings, I think that's a challenge because you're not going to stick by it, you know? So when it comes to ideas and, and making sure it's really something that you're passionate about, um, I think that's important, but there's also a balance to that because like we talked about with, you know, being flexible and agile with what comes at you, you also can't be so fixed in your passion project that you can't interpret industry trends or market trends or be open to things that maybe didn't fit what you thought at the start. You know, so I, I, I would never lean too hard one way or the other. You need to believe in what you're doing, but you do also have to be open to the opportunity that, you know, maybe maybe you're a little, a little off on it. And, and, and when it comes along, you got to be open to, you know, to adapting. So I, I think that's big, you know, that having that passion, but also that adaptability. Donnie, that is really good advice. Advice. In fact, I tell people around me and, and, and I, I, the universities in the area here, I, I'm able to go and talk with a lot of students now and, and classes and, and what you just gave is some, some stellar advice. And you started with that, get used to the word no. And I always took the word no as no doesn't mean no forever. Not and now. Yeah. That's not now. Yep. And, and I just haven't done all of my work I need to right. do. And I need to learn more from you, Mr. Customer. Right. Or, or whatever it may be. I need to learn more from you. I need to do more homework 
because no means, like you just said, not now. And, right. and that's really important because it's very easy to hear no 10 times in one day and just want to fold up camp and say, well, that was a bad idea. This is a bad company. That's, you know, it's never going to work. And, and I, I always say never say never because you will be surprised as you build relationships and usually you'll hear no from people that you don't have relationships with. And as you we're all in the relationship business, and when you build those relationships, people learn to trust you. And it's a lot easier to do business with people you trust and know than yes. it is somebody you just met. And they're like, oh, my goodness, where have you been my whole life? Right. And, and that perseverance I talked about, I, I think, is key because it, entrepreneurship is a long game. Um, and we talk about this a lot in our space because there's certain brands that pop up and all of a sudden you hear from people, oh man, they came out of nowhere. It's like, they didn't come out of nowhere. You just weren't there the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Literally it takes a long time and that's why nothing just pops out of nowhere. It takes a lot of work. I mean, we, we incorporated six years ago. We're not profitable yet. Yeah. You know I mean, we're still chasing profitability, but the average company doesn't reach it for at least seven years. And it's only one in seven that actually makes it. You know, so, I mean, it, the odds aren't with you, they're against you. And so you are going to need that perseverance and that, you know, passion to get through stuff like that and to be able to say, no, I do think I have something. And yeah, it, it may be a not now, but everything's sick. You know, it's, it's a cycle, right? It's circular. It'll come back around and you just improve yourself. So you're ready when it comes around the next time. Boy, I'll tell you, for, for a young entrepreneur, you are light years ahead of your time, my friend. <laughs> you, you've had some great lessons, and, and uh, we wish you the best and, and your brothers and all of your companies. So we've been talking with Donnie Pearson, founder of Boomerang Energy. Um, everybody needs to go see it. Donnie, give us the handles for all of the social, all of your websites. Let's start with Boomerang Energy. Yeah, so so it's it's at Boomerang Energy for for everything, you know, whether it's uh, we're on Pinterest, we're on Instagram, Facebook, those are kind of our main three. Um, so at Boomerang Energy, you'll find us um, boomerangenergy.com. You can go on there uh, if you're interested in actually buying the product. We're pretty soon we're launching on VitaCost um, on VitaCost website, which is a big one. That's Kroger's uh, website, and it's going to be big for us to show Kroger what kind of uh, audience we have on there. So if you're interested in uh, follow us on social media. We'll let you know as soon as that's available to buy on there. Um, and then budget blinds, we're budget blinds of Duluth. So if you ever got to clarify that you want to, you want to put it in as budget blinds of Duluth and you'll find us on Instagram, on Facebook, um, or just our Google, my business listing has a lot of good stuff on there. That, that is awesome. And tell us other stores where people can buy boomerang energy. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're in the, the Minnesota, the, the Duluth area, I mean, we're, we're at, you know, great local places like Duluth Best Bread and Corktown Deli. Uh, we're at the, the, both of the co-ops in Duluth. Um, so if you're around here, you know, drop into one of those places. They've got individual cans for sale if you want to give it a try. Um, and they're great local partners. So you're supporting those local businesses as well. And we're certainly looking forward to seeing you at some events, hopefully outdoors this summer as things continue to open up. And one right. other place that they can find you, Donnie, is from August 31st of 2020, the Duluth Pack Report, the Duluth Pack blog interviewed you, and it was posted on August 31st of 2020. Yep, yep. So we've had a good relationship for a while here. We have. We're, we're going to take a quick uh turn of of events here where we're going to what's called the pact 
question segment, Donnie, to just deep dive on you personally a little bit. Tell us your favorite movie of all times. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I love I love movies. Actually, I love older movies from the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. I think that was kind of which is funny because I was, you know, born long after that. Um, but I really appreciate a lot of stuff from that time. But I'll say kind of overall quality of story and cinematography. I think The Godfather is a classic. Um, I think a lot of people would point to that as, you know, that's kind of one of those you got to see it. That's a good one. Best piece of life advice you have ever received. So this one, I think I, I, it's not even just received, but I've kind of just talking this over with other other people in my life. Um, I think a lot of people hear the, the the phrase, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, I, I don't know that that's totally true. Honestly, I, I, I changed a little bit. I, I, I think that you should do what you do for the ones you love. Um, and, and keeping that in mind, because, you know, on your deathbed, no one looks back and wishes they worked more or made more money or had more things. You know, usually it's it, what you look back on and is, is time and people. And so, you know, invest in those things. Family. Right. Hallelujah. Something on your bucket list. You're, you're a pretty young guy yet. So this isn't <laughs> like this isn't like you're talking to me at the end of my career. Uh, something on your bucket list that you haven't done yes, but yet. But it's like that I am striving to do. I haven't done an Alaska experience yet. And I kind of, and I and I love the mountains. I love the sea. You know, I, um, and I like kind of the, the wild bits of the world that are still left. So that, I mean, that's, a, that's a, it's nothing, it's kind of a, a broader category, I'd say, but uh, I'd like to get up to Alaska at some point and experience, experience that state. Uh, at my age, I've been very, very fortunate and blessed where I have and do it because <laughs> you will not regret it. It is so beautiful. And let's end with what's the, your favorite band or your favorite musician of all times? <sighs> Yeah, I, I think this this is this is the toughest one for me. Um, I love I love music of all kinds. Um, I mean, you know, you'll have Elvis is a classic. I like the old country, like Loretta Lynn era stuff, um, you know, or George Strait type classics. Um, but then again, I I like Buddy Holly and you know stuff from that period. Uh, I mean, I, and I also love classical music. I love uh, Tchaikovsky stuff like that. I mean, I'm all over the board. It depends on the day. Um, so honestly, I probably can't narrow it down to one, but there's a, a lot of good stuff out there. And I think, uh, music definitely, we're definitely made in a way that music affects us greatly, doesn't it? It certainly does. And, and if that was the most difficult question for you to answer <laughs> today, you have a great career ahead of you, my friend. <laughs> Folks, we have been blessed today to have Donnie Pearson founder of Boomerang Energy. You all need to go get some and support this local entrepreneur and his company. And also owner with his brothers of Budget Blinds of Duluth, where talk about window coverings, you can open your eyes to a whole new world instead of just pulling down shades that maybe some of us were used to uh, for, for most of our lives. Support these entrepreneurs, support these local companies, and they will support you back. And we have an entrepreneur who is, he and his companies are very customer-centric, customer-focused, and we don't get that enough these days. So Donnie, Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time. You've done a great job with us today and, and we wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.
Awesome. And folks, until next time, unplug from the indoors and recharge in the outdoors while you're having a boomerang energy drink. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leader of the Pack. Don't forget to rate this podcast. And we would certainly be grateful if you'd give us five stars. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Follow Duluth Pack on social media at Duluth Pack. And shop online at DuluthPack.com. Don't forget to support American jobs and buy American